This episode contains strong language and adult themes that some people may find offensive. Please check the description for any trigger warnings. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of The Things I Wish My Mum Had Told Me, the podcast. With me, your host, Emma Samson Hill. And me, Clara Hermit. Woo! Woo! That was real upbeat for me, wasn't it? It was like, hi guys! Yeah, it was. Giving Mickey Mouse, kind of. Hi guys! Hi guys! Like you've just had a little healing balloon. Well, that's the thing, guys. I've had half a flipping kind of Red Bull and I'm off the walls. Anything could happen in this podcast. Anything. Oh God, I hope it doesn't, though. PSA to all of our lovely listeners. Now is the time, whilst you're listening, to go and like the podcast. Please leave us a review because it really helps us and it helps the podcast get shared to a new audience. 100%. And if they're watching on YouTube... Then you should subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give us a little comment down below. Chat with us in the comments. Give us a like, you know. And a like, like, subscribe, share. All of that. We're out here. You already know all these things. And it's free. It's free to do that, to support us. We're not asking you to pay us. We're just asking (laughs) you to support us in the ways you can so that the podcast spreads and grows. To a broader audience. So we can all enjoy it We can keep making it as well. And then hopefully we can do a little live event. We really want to do a live event, guys. Yeah. So comment and let us know if you want a live event. Don't forget, if you're not following us on Instagram and TikTok, it's mum told me pod. Yeah, mum. And you can go there, you can DM us, say, yes, I want a live event. Let us know the things that you'd like us to do, the topics you'd like us to discuss. Yeah. And we got you, homie, which is what we're doing today, aren't we? Exactly. Today, we're basically going to do like a girl talk episode. So it's going to be like a little hodgepodge mismatch yeah. mismatch of things that you guys want us to touch on, but that we felt like didn't, there was no place for it to have a full episode. So we're going to like do a girl talk and mix yeah. them all up today and do a little topics of each yeah so we thought rather than just doing dilemmas we'd ask you the things that you want us to talk about Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about them give our opinions on them yeah so we have quite a few and so that's why you need to follow us on the instagram because we'd be doing all the stories over there where you can put your input in babes yeah put your input in we could be talking about the thing you want us to talk about exactly and you never know we could have the right piece of advice that you you. need right so (laughs) should we kick things off let's do this let's start it off girl okay so yeah Let's start off with this one. Okay. And this one is the effects of friends with benefits. Woo! This is this is a, a big one. Friends with benefits. Um, I'm gonna talk about my experience of okay. friends with benefits, and then you can talk about yours. Yeah. Um, I find that friends with benefits for me has been notoriously difficult mm. because I get emotionally attached to people. Um, and I think when I have sex with people, I feel particularly vulnerable. And it makes me, I think there is, there's a, uh, like a hormone release or something when you have sex as well, that does make you like connect with people, but you know, everyone's completely different. And I think that there's just something with me where also it triggers something in me around abandonment. Mm. And we've talked about attachment styles and I have anxious attachment. And so I'm not like secure in that sense. And I've done a lot of work on that and it's getting so much better, mm-hmm. but I, it used to just make me completely lose. And I didn't, I hadn't even established if I really liked this person or if I'd want more with them, but mm-hmm. I would go into this, but I have had a couple of successful friends with benefits scenarios. Um, 
if you listen to the podcast before, I should always have put in a caveat that even though, you know, there's been the last, I think, three years, I've kind of had 14 months periods of no sex until mm. I've gone on holiday. Yeah. And then I've had holiday flings because I find it easier when I'm on holiday to have casual sex with someone mm -hmm. and not attached to them. Mm. So that's one way that I feel like I can successfully have friends with benefits, but it's not ongoing. Mm -hmm. um, and the other, I think there's been probably two times in my life where there's been a person who I've had a friends with benefits situation with. And that's because I know them enough, um, whether it, there were a friend first or there was one guy that I'd kind of had a thing with in my early 20s and then he came back into my life when I was in my late 30s. So I knew him enough, I knew enough about him to know it would never work with him as a relationship. Yeah. But the sex, and the sex wasn't mind blowing, but the sex mm -hmm. was good and it was good enough for me to be like, this is cool. Because I never ever, I didn't have any more feelings for him. There wasn't anything unknown or unexplored. So it felt very safe. Yeah. yeah. I feel like sometimes you're in that, those periods of your life where it's like, I just want to have sex. Yeah. And that's what I want, but I want to do it in a way where I feel respected and safe and all of them mm -hmm. things. And sometimes you're in a place where it's like, no, I don't want that at yeah. all. Um, I've had a lot of friends with benefits. Because I think, to be honest, it started off with, Obviously, I had my first boyfriend who I lost my virginity to. Then the next person that I um, dated after that, my second person I ever slept with, like, after we had sex for the first time, he, like, turned to me in bed and was like, so what are we? Are we friends with benefits? And I was just like, uh, but I was, like, 17. We so obviously just heard the know. term. Exactly. We were, we were so young, we didn't even know what the hell was going on. So I was like, yeah, bro, I, like, I thought I was in love with him. Obviously, I wasn't. Right, but okay. I think I was obsessed with him because he didn't want me, basically. Mm -hmm. But we were in the same friendship group. It was so messy. But long story short, that didn't work for me at all because I had really strong feelings right, for him. Yeah, yeah. And mainly, I had really strong feelings for him because he didn't want me. And I was mm -hmm. trying to prove myself. And it was tugging on all of my insecurities of like not being good enough yeah. and this, that, and the other. But then as I got older, I ended up having quite a few friends with benefits situations. I feel like when I was younger, I did it a lot, though, to a point where it didn't actually benefit me at all. Yeah. I wasn't putting myself first. I wasn't thinking, what do I want yeah. out of a romantic or sexual relationship? Mm. I was just doing it because it was like, oh, they want to fuck me and they don't want to commit to me. So it, now we're friends with benefits. But that, but you, I remember you've spoken about this before. And at that time, it was a lot of you doing it for validation. Yeah. Doing it, I guess, to to kind of feel, you know feel beautiful, yeah, feel, wanted. feel wanted, etc. And you've spoken about the fact that actually it didn't do that. It yeah. would leave you feeling really empty, and then it's kind of like onto the next one, which mm -hmm. I too have experienced as well. And I don't think that that you can really call that a friends with benefits situation because to me, a friends with benefits situation is that you're actually like you like each other. Like there yeah. should be some kind of basis of a friendship you know there, no. And then yeah. and then you're just having sex, but you. But, but both of you have reached a kind of like space where you don't want any more than yeah. that. But then I do think with those with those situations that very often what ends up happening is one person catches feelings and I then it gets messy. Though. But you've had, lot, you've had, I've had lots of successful ones. Exactly. So like... So how do you do it successfully then? So when I think about it, like in my most recent years... How do you have a successful... Like there's someone benefits? that I sleep with on and off. Yeah. Um, that I think is a successful friends of benefits. Like we both know what it is. We know it's not going to go into a relationship. We both respect each other. We're very attracted to each other. Great sex, but that's what it is. I think what works for that is we don't live in the same city. Right. That makes it easier. So we can't yeah. see each other all the time. Um, and we don't talk like a lot. Like we might chat a little bit like in DMs or whatever. We don't, when we first started chatting, we would have phone calls and FaceTimes and whatever. Now we don't even do that. It's just like, if I'm in your city, you're in my city, it's happening. 
Yeah. And that works for us. Because it's like, I don't need to know what you're doing outside of me. Because I know you're doing other stuff. But it's none of my business. It's, I think as I've got older, I've realised. Especially with me. Because in a sexual sense, like, true intimacy for me is not sexual. Like, I think that was what my issue was for a long time. Like, I was searching for intimacy in sex mm -hmm. when actually when I delve deep into what is intimacy for me it's not sex mm -hmm. like intimacy for me is like being able to be completely honest with someone and having deep conversations vulnerability, vulnerability yeah. is intimacy to me us taking our clothes off and having sex Easy. isn't intimacy yeah so I feel like that's how I can detach my emotions and my feelings from sex because sex isn't what is going to make me like you because mm -hmm. Like, I might sound a bit crude, but it's like, I can have sex with someone and have I don't Not like want me. to be with you at all. Mm -hmm. But like, we could have a great sexual but, relationship. But I had to, I don't know if it's just kind of the person I am, mm -hmm. that I can just detach them emotions from then, that sex. But it has to be, it has to be the right person, right? Yeah, so that I 100%. think that's the, that's the kind of difference in, in the scenarios where I've had those successful situationships, it's it, or, or friends with benefits. It is because... I like you, but I don't like you that yeah. like that. Like, and I know I don't. I'm still, I'm sexually attracted to you enough. Like the sex is good enough, but it's not toxic. It's not toxic. There's not those real emotional highs and yeah. you don't want me and I want you to want me. It's none of that toxic shit. It's literally like, we're cool. We can hang out like friends. Yeah. And then, you know, we have sex and then we both go about our business until the next time. Once I realized that you would not be a good partner to me. That makes it easier. I'm completely... All my emotions are turned off. Yeah. Like, I just... And that's the way... Like, I can still fancy the fuck out of you. And we can have, like, good sex or whatever. But once I can see, yeah, you would not be a good partner to me. Like, it's done. Like, not it's done, but... I What's can, the point? Exactly. And I, I can now have a successful Friends of Benefits. I but think... Go on. You, I feel like if you are sleeping with someone where you feel like, oh, this could actually be a really great relationship, but it's just friends of benefits. That's the issue. That's the danger. That is the issue. But the, the thing is, sometimes I think for me personally, I haven't, I've never, like in a lot of occasions, I haven't even considered whether this person would be a good partner. Mm. It's just like, I want them. And I think it is a little bit more like, because they don't want to give that level of commitment to me, it makes me want it more. And mm. the sex is the one thing that, that you know, they will take. So you kind of like, if, if I've been in those push-pull relationships that are toxic, yeah. then there's that. But I think I'm, you know, definitely at a stage now where it's like, well, you have to get to know somebody to mm. know if there would even be a good partner to you. Yeah. There's someone that I was um, dating recently and it's just, it seemed like everything that they did that was just normal, like, bare minimum shit, um, they were kind of making a point of. So I'm mm. like, do you not want... If, if if making a small effort for me yeah. is difficult, let's just not do it. Yeah, yeah. But you do not have to do it. Just let's just not do it. Mm -hmm. I don't care. But things like that, I'm like, if it's like that now, when we're first dating, I can see what this is going to be like. And because I'm such a generous person and I also like to do really nice things <clears> for people... That's how I like to be loved too. And if doing small, simple shit for me right now is so much effort for you, this is never going to work. So let's just... I think the main thing as well is you have to be honest with people. I feel like a lot of times now, people don't... They don't want to be honest with someone because they want to withhold information so they can get what they want. Yeah. And that is not fair. You need to be honest. Like You need to be like, have that conversation about like, are we just fucking? Are we just, I'm very to the point with mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I have to do that for me. Yeah. So I can understand 
and compartmentalizing my brain what's going on here. And also you can decide then if you want to be part of it or not, right? Like if you if you know what you want and what you want is friends with benefits and this person mm-hmm. also wants friends with benefits, then you can gear yourself up for that. Yeah. Um, and again, if it's not, if you want a relationship and someone's saying, well, actually I only want something casual and you're in your head thinking, I'm going to change him. I'll be the yeah, person. No, 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 That's no, a no. terrible idea. And I do the same thing now. Like I say to people, what I have, you know, no, it's sometimes that people don't tell the truth back. Yeah. Um, and I think that is not very nice. No. And I do want to do a PSA right now, public service announcement, that if you are someone who is dating, whether you're a guy, whether you're a girl, be kind to people and be honest to people. That's the two things, the very least things that you can do for people, I think, is just yeah. be kind and be honest. I honestly... I might be upset if someone was like, I'm not into you or I, whatever. I might be upset, not with them, just because the situation didn't work out the way I wanted it to. But at least I know. Yeah, you and know. I have some closure and I feel respected. When you just ghost people, you just leave people without any answers. It's cruel and it's unkind and it's it unfair. And um, yeah, I just wanted to say that because I just think if you're an adult dating, have the balls or the vulva to just be honest with people and tell them how it is whatever their reaction is that's not your problem but you have done the right thing be respectful thank you thank you thank you so yeah i do think they can work but it's i feel like they they can only work for a certain amount of time now like they have to run their course at some point yeah so situationships, and I guess it depends on you as an individual person, what you want, how easy it is for you. Like you're talking about also, to detach emotion from the actual yeah. sex. Also, just because you're casual with someone, you still have to respect each other. Yeah. Like I hate this whole thing of like, oh, we're casual so I can just do whatever and no. violate it. No. Like there has Friends, to be a level though. of respect and honesty and communication. You don't void all of that just because you're not committed to each other. But I wouldn't want to have sex with someone that I couldn't have an honest conversation with. I know, but I feel with. like a lot of people like end up in sexual, sleeping with someone who actually doesn't respect them. And that's not what you want. Because then that's just not going to be enjoyable. Yeah. Because you can't be vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, you're right. And you can't be confident and open as you would want to be. But that's our thoughts on mm-hmm. situationships. Do them if it works for you. But be really honest with yourself as well. Yeah. I think that's another thing. Like, don't go to yourself, yeah, I can do this. It's just going to be sex. When really, yeah. deep down, you know that you're catching feelings for this person and you're probably going to end up yeah. getting hurt. And do what's best for you. Mm-hmm. Not not what you want to do. Do what's actually best for you. Okay, next question. Loneliness in adulthood. I am so lonely. I'm Mr. Lonely. I have nobody. It gets like that, though. For real. Especially when you live alone. I think that... When it comes to loneliness, what I will say, though, about loneliness and something that I've discovered from speaking to lots of people is that there's often an assumption that because I'm single, that I would be lonely. Right. But I have friends. I have followers. I have, you know, people in my life who are in relationships and still feel lonely. You know, like you can be in a situation where there's other people and still be lonely because if you are not seen, if you are not heard, understood. if you are not understood, essentially it doesn't matter. So I think there is this kind of, you know, misconception that if you, that you, you're lonely because you're on your own, Yeah. but actually loneliness doesn't have to be that you're on your own. It just is the situation. And it's, you know, how those people who are in your life show up for you, see you and how you show up for yourself. Right. And 
we all want to be validated. We all want to be seen. We all want to be loved. We all want to be heard. And so I think that it's really important that you, as adults, that we establish and have people in our lives who do those things for us. Yeah. But also outside of doing that for us, I should say, I always think, and I go back to this every time and I swear by it, the most important relationship you have is the one you have with your fucking self. And that's, you know, that's it. And I, I, I think I've done a video about, because someone said to me, you know, being like single and whatever, aren't you lonely? And I was like, I don't think I, I don't know if I get lonely. And I think that what I would say is I spent so much of my life feeling alone, which I think are two different things like feeling to me alone is like an internal like feeling where you're you're isolated because there's no one around you that understands you at all like you're it's completely just you and I think you know whereas lonely I guess is like mm, maybe like more of a momentary experience you know but because I think after my mum died and I was just left to my own devices like Mm. I felt so alone none of my school friends could understand what it was like to be, you know, a, a, to have lost a parent. They were still in their, you know, happy yeah. nine-year-olds running around the playground. And I would just stand there. And I, I'm like, it's just, there's no, no one, one gets, gets it. You. No one gets it. And I honestly, around that time, the most healing thing for me probably was horses. <laughs> sounds mental. Aww. But I had like a pony and I would just go and be with them because mm. it, they're, you know, you don't need to exchange words. They always love for you. They're very responsive to like emotion and stuff as well. Um, and that was like really healing for me. And I think mm. animals do have like you know, special powers, Human if you will. Powers. Yeah. So I, I think that I, I think loneliness is an inside job as well. It is. And I think it's hard when you get older because it's like when you're younger, like you go to school every day or like you live yeah. with your family. As you get older, like you might live alone now and like everyone's busy, everyone has jobs and partners or whatever it is. So I do feel like, and in your twenties as well, like you don't really make that many new friends mm-hmm. unless you're like consciously trying to make effort to make new friends. So it is one of them things where you can feel like, oh my God, like I'm alone. And I think I've lived alone now for six months. By the time this pod comes out, my friend will have actually moved in. My friend's moving in for a few months, oh. which is nice. I feel actually ready for that. Yeah. There's not many times where I sit and think, oh my God, I'm so lonely. Mm-hmm. But I think it shows up for me in different ways. So as well, because I work from home, I'm not like going out to a job and sitting in an office with loads of people. Because I'm quite an independent person anyway. I don't, I really like my own company. Me too. So if I was going out to an office and like seeing people when I come home at night, I'd love that. Yeah. But like, I think because I can work from home a lot, sometimes mm. I could be at home for like two, three days mm-hmm. on the trot and not see anyone. And that can feel really strange, especially if you live alone. Because it's like, no one's coming here. It's just me. Yeah. And But it doesn't make me feel lonely. I think no. it just shows up in a way where it's like, I feel, things feel mundane. Mm. Everything feels the same. Every It feels like Groundhog Day. I, Every day's the same. I quite like those times. You know, I think because mm. like, sometimes my life can be really busy and mm. like full on and I'm surrounded by a lot of people. I also like, you know, when I'm kind of like in my own little space and it's peaceful and yeah. it's quiet and there's like no one else kind of, in that space and I'm living with my friend at the moment and it's the first time that I've lived with somebody for apart from a short stint I lived with my brother for like five years um and it's been really nice because it's you know it's a big house and you know we're kind of we don't see each other all the time we're both really busy um but it's you know it's nice to like go and do stuff together occasionally or like have a chat with someone but I also sometimes I'm just want to go in my room 
shut the door and just be by myself. I, I love mm-hmm. my own company. But this is the thing as well, what I realized. When you like live with someone or when you constantly have people around you, it's distraction. Yeah. When you live alone or you or you are alone a lot mm-hmm. of the time, you actually have time to look inwards and look at the aspects of your life that are maybe problems, things that you need to fix, things you need to work on. When when there's constant distractions, you don't actually have to face up to anything that's mm-hmm. going on inside of you. Yeah. And so that's why I feel like being alone can be really hard, mm-hmm. but it's actually really beneficial. But that's not necessarily lonely, I, I guess, is it? Like when you feel like that, because I've got mm. um, a friend of mine and it's exactly that. And I've had a client like that, a coaching client as well, who when I first started working with her, could not, could not sit with with the no TV, no phone, nothing, like not even for a minute. Yeah. Couldn't do it. Could not sit still with herself. Yeah. Um. I also have a friend who's like that, who is constantly doing stuff out with people like she lives on her own but she's never ever ever alone and you know I kind of spoke to her and said it's it's really healthy for you to be able to you know chill out how do you relax yeah like how do you ever just really let go relax and have like some time by yourself just watching a movie or having a bath or listening to music she cannot do it and it's Mm. for exactly that reason that when she does the noise inside is so is too Mm. much and overwhelming or the emotions are too overwhelming and she just avoids it avoids it avoids it avoids it and I think that you know there is so much power in getting comfortable alone and it takes time to actually sit in it and the thing is like I don't know. I think loneliness is, is kind of a like a state of mind as well in a way because I will go out and do stuff on my own. Like and you yeah. know, and I used to maybe if it was ten years ago, I would have maybe looked around and felt like, oh, um, you know, I'm here on my own. Everyone else is here with other people. I I'm so lonely. Mm. Whereas now I don't think of it like that. I look around and seeing other people happy makes me happy. Yeah. And then I'm just like, I'm, I'm so happy I can come and do this. Yeah. This is just freedom. It's rewarding to, yeah. do, to do things for your own yeah. good. So I I think maybe, I guess, a little bit of what you're saying as well is if you are feeling uncomfortable on your own or if you are feeling lonely, it could be an opportunity for you to do some work on yourself, right? Yeah. Like that could be a call in to go yeah. inward, do a bit of digging around, yeah. do a bit of work on yourself, shimmy it yeah. up. Yeah, and it's like nothing lasts forever. Everything is an era. Temporary. Everything is a period of yeah. time. It's and, never going to be like that forever. And also, I think if you're feeling lonely, you can, you know, rush into things. You can have friends that aren't really friends. You can have, yeah. you know, be hanging around with someone of the opposite sex just for the sake of having some company, if, you know, if that's the case. Whereas when you get to a place where you don't need anybody like that to make yeah. you not feel lonely, or you can sit with that loneliness, which I think is also powerful as well, then you can make better choices yeah. with your friends, with, you know, like partners. And ultimately have a more rewarding life. Exactly. So, yeah. And also, I think it help if you realize what it is that's making you feel lonely. So it's like, well, actually, all of my friends have, you know, settled down and had kids, so they're not available as much anymore. Or it's, I've only got two friends and they work really long hours and their hours are different to mine. Then it's like, okay, what makes me happy? What brings me joy? Can I do that in a group setting yeah. so that I get to meet other like-minded people and, and have a bigger friendship group so I've got more people to spend time with? Um your current situation, like you just said, Emma, is not going to be a situation the whole time. Mm, you can do something yeah. about it. This is like a branch off that someone had said, finding joy in your own company and spending time alone, which we've I think, touched yeah, on. Yeah, I think you, you just have to do it and you have to address, like Emma said. You have to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Like finding joy in your own company will be, like being alone and like going out alone or doing things alone will be uncomfortable at Start first. off with, yeah. Of course it is. But the thing is about being uncomfortable, I think as I've got older and I've experienced more things like mm. that, as I've got older, I'm like, 
this is actually the uncomfortability is actually really exciting yeah, it's because it's going to make me change yeah. and be a better person and more a person that knows more. Well, that's where growth happens, isn't it? And if you're self-aware and you go into those situations and um, what I mean by self-aware is if you can become aware of what you're thinking and believing that's making you feel uncomfortable yeah. in those situations, then you can find out where you need to work mm -hmm. because it might be, for example, that you're, when you're, on your own, you know, it might be that it triggers a belief like no one will ever love me, right? Like, so the reason you're feeling uncomfortable isn't because you're on your on, on your own, it's yeah. because you're experiencing the belief no one will ever love me. Mm -hmm. And if you realize that, then you can go to that belief and you can, you can work on it, you can question it, you can journal around it. Yeah. And once you dispel that, then you're in the same situation, but your experience is something completely different. Finding out your triggers is actually mm. the cheat code of life yeah. because you start realizing nothing is ever actually about what you're upset or angry about in that moment. It's because something happened five years ago with this, that and the other and because you feel this way about yourself and that's why you behave like that. But you that. won't realize those triggers unless you put yourself in triggering situations. Yeah. And it's exactly what you're saying. If you're constantly looking for distractions, you're not going to be in the triggering situations to know what you need to do the work on in the first place. Yeah. So get out there and do it. Bob's your uncle, Banny's your aunt. <laughs> okay, I've had another one. Go on. You might not be able to touch on this that much, but it says, fat liberation, but at the same time wanting to lose weight, how to healthily address this? And I tell you what, this is rife within like the plus size community, especially online. So when I first started like doing social media as a job, it was all like, I feel like, well, it was all like body positivity, this, that, and the other. And I think when like when I first started that, like, I used to do a lot of posts around like a lot of posts where I was like in underwear mm. or in bikinis or whatnot, whatnot. And like that was like seen as body positivity. Mm. And it's like that is body positivity, I guess. But I feel like I got to a certain point where I started steering away from the term body positivity because it also had like quite negative connotations attached for me personally, mm. because it was very I don't know. I think a lot of the time with social media, people want you to be polarized in your thinking. Yeah. Like you have to be all this or, or you have to all be that. all that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And really, the truth mm -hmm. lies in the middle somewhere. And it took me a long time mm -hmm. to feel comfortable with having different thought processes and opinions. And now I'm in a place where I'm like very comfortable and confident in what I believe and what I think. And also saying that out loud. Mm -hmm. But back then it was like, Oh, but if yeah, I don't the post line. a picture mm -hmm. in half naked, I don't love myself. Like, what? What are you even talking about? It's so funny because now, like, I, I have nothing, like, I would post a picture of myself half naked, I don't care. But I don't feel like I have to do that now to prove that I love who I am. Mm -hmm. I think me living loudly and confidently is the proof that I love myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what I think more bigger people need. Like, seeing that you can be big and still live a, a great life, yeah. just like anyone else. Not just stand in your type. room in it. Not to say that, that it doesn't take confidence to post a picture of yourself, you know, yeah. online in underwear, a bikini. But that's not the antithesis of loving yourself. Yeah. Because what's someone's internal process? Do they really love themselves, or are they doing that because they want to get validation? That's what makes them love themselves. But can I just say yeah. to go back to that person's question? I guess it's that how like having that she was talking about like self liberation, yeah. but also having the desire to lose, lose weight. weight because. I remember, and I can't remember which influencer it was, and this is probably going back about eight years or so, and when they lost weight, mm. everyone turned on them. This is the thing, right? So in this community, in the plus size community, there is like this shame. If someone loses weight, 
you don't, you don't love yourself. You never loved yourself. You're this and you're that. And it's like, why are we shaming people for living their life how they want to live it? Mm-hmm. You're not in their body. You're not in their brain. And I fucking hate this thing about like the, the plus size community. Like how we're shouting and shaming people and being negative towards people for doing what makes them happy. Yeah. Like I think, and I've said this before, right? I love who I am. I love my body. I love everything. I accept myself. But if you I ask a lot of people of my size, mm-hmm. do you want, want to be the size? A lot of people would say no. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say I, that they don't love who they are right now and accept who they are right now. But there is problems in living in a bigger body. Like I feel like I'm very able-bodied for like for... I'm considering I'm a big girl and I do most things I want to do, but there's still certain things that I feel like I can't do or I will be uncomfortable mm-hmm. doing. And no one wants to live like that. You want to be, live a life where like you feel like you can do everything. But so I just, it's a very deep Loaded. subject for me. It's, it's very, just so many but, like but, opinions. But also online, people who, who put on weight are celebrated, aren't they? So like if there's mm. like somebody who used to be like a fitness influencer or whatever, and then mm. they've, you know, maybe put on weight. Some of those people are some of the loudest voices about, yeah. you know, accepting and loving their their body. But it seems like when it's the other way around, you know, I'm sure there is a proportion of audience and stuff yeah. who really love and, and appreciate you regardless of what you do. Yeah. But like you say, there is that kind of negative connotation where it's like, well, obviously you don't love yourself if you've done that. But, but if you, know, you do it, if you're doing something healthily, and like you said, something that's making you happy, what's wrong with that? I think for a lot of people in the community, like they've obviously learned to love themselves or learn to accept themselves from watching these people. Mm-hmm. So I think it triggers a lot of people because it's like, if I've watched this person who helped me to love myself, she's now lost weight. Does that mean that she, that, does that mean that she didn't think she was beautiful. Therefore, should I not find myself beautiful? I think it triggers a lot of people's internal thoughts of like, do I now need to lose weight? Is that the ideal of beauty that I should be aiming towards? I think it triggers people. Mm. That's why people get angry because they've seen this person that made them feel great about themselves, who's now completely changed their body to something that society for years has told you you need to look like. So then it it triggers people. That's what it is. That is never about the person. It's about your own feelings towards yourself. But then couldn't you unfollow them and find someone else who does represent the the ideals that you represent? Because, and this is not to say, and this is not the same thing, but I guess like for me, the only thing that I can think that's kind of comparable is, you know, when I talk about being single and get attacked for doing this, you can't be single and happy. But if, and or you can't be you can't be happy and single and still want a relationship and i'm like you can yeah you can yeah the the two things don't you know uh, you can do both things you can be happy and single and enjoying your time as a single person but still want to have a happy healthy relationship and yeah Yeah. it's not exactly the same and it's not going to be as as triggering as exactly Mm. what you're talking about but that's the only thing I can think where it's like people want to believe that the two things cannot coexist and mm-hmm. they can yeah. coexist and they can be true. And you have to do what's best for you, I guess. And yeah. maybe finding ways to affirm your sense of like self-love and identity away from. Yeah. I just think like you can be, I could be a size 24 and love myself. And then I could be a size 14 and still love who I was at a size 24. Yeah, Like you have to think people don't just lose weight to look a certain way. Yeah. People might lose weight for health complications, for other, for a million, million different reasons, a million different reasons. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but people automatically think it's because of how you want to be perceived physically. Mm-hmm. And that's just not, 
the but, case. But does it, yeah, exactly what you said. Does it mean that, you know, one was better than the other? Not and that all. you think that one was and better than the thing. other? And that, you know what, that is the exact thing. You've actually hit the nail on the head. Because growing up, society tells you, you have to be thin and this, that and the other to be beautiful and accepted. And it's like, that's because you've got that point ingrained. of view in your head ingrained from society. It's not your fault. It's just what you've seen around you. So you automatically see one thing as bad and one thing as good. Yeah. But it's now that you've now started to believe that the bad the bad thing is actually good and then they've changed and that's triggered you. Yeah. Because now you think, oh, am I bad now? Because like, like, I'm still I, big. I totally get it. I totally get it. It makes, it brings in lots of self-doubt mm. and, you know, yeah. And then it's like that person that affirmed to you and reflected you mm. no longer reflects you yeah. anymore. That's the thing. And so... Again, are they saying that your reflection should match their reflection if you want to feel good, and right? If like, someone, sorry, go on. <laughs> but, you, no, but if someone triggers you that much, then just you, unfollow them. Yeah. Unfollow them. If if that triggers, I wish it didn't trigger people so much. But body image is such a mm -hmm. nuanced subject that is very, very deep rooted for a lot of women in particular. So I get it. Like, but there's no need to be sh giving hate to people. Like, come on. It's not that deep. And the thing is like, you don't know, no one will ever be able to articulate the exact reason why they did something. And also no one's going to please everyone. But but it's, you know, again, like I don't understand the, the situation, but again, it's like for me now, I made a pact to myself that I wanted to be like the fittest I've ever been at 40. Mm. And as we know on this podcast, we're talking about things didn't go to plan, <laughs> but that's still my plan, right? So I'm yeah. now like, in the gym and I'm, you know, doing this and that, my body's going to change mm -hmm. and it's going to end up probably more muscular and toned yeah. if it goes to plan. <laughs> but it, but it does, I won't like my body any more then yeah. than I do now. It doesn't now, mean that where you when, are now is wrong. You know, when, when I, like, I, I think my, I've been a size eight to a size 16 in my yeah. life. And I guess the, my love for my body probably set in after I had my uh, mastectomy. And so up until that point, I can't speak on it. But anything after that, any like and my I, my weight goes up and down or whatever. But any size I've been in that time, I, I love all of it. It yeah. doesn't it it doesn't. Um, I know it's I know it's different. I understand that because I'm like, I guess, like a, you know, what would be considered like a normal like mm -hmm. size body. So I don't have to deal with all of that shit. Yeah. Um, and I haven't had to deal with all of that shit. But at the same time. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to the gym because I want my body to change and that's going to make me like my body more. Mm. I'm doing it because I want to feel a certain way. Yeah. I want to feel strong. I want to feel like fit. I want to feel like I'm taking care of myself. Like mm. that, and that's it. That's it. That's the reason for doing it. I I can't give a fuck about my appearance anymore. Yeah. I really, I obviously I care about my appearance, but I mean like changing my body. Yeah. For, for other but it's, people. But it's again, it's like you, you're at the gym, you're doing yoga, like all mm -hmm. of those kind of things because they're, well, yeah. you can say why you're doing them, but it, you know, I assume because they're good for you. It makes mm -hmm. you feel good. It makes you more flexible. It yeah. makes you, you're in touch more with energy. your body, like all of those things. And if, you know, if as a result of that, you lost weight or you're not going to, it's not going to make a difference to how you feel about your body because that was yeah. never the reason for doing it. Exactly. It is such a deep topic, especially within like, the plus size community. Yeah. And it's one that I feel like is hard for a lot of people to talk about because it 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 makes you have to look inside yourself mm -hmm. and see how you truly feel about your own body. body. Yeah. Which is hard for a lot of people. But I can imagine, you know, if you're growing up as like a in a plus size body and there's, you know, especially I mean representation and we've spoken about this before has changed mm. definitely a lot in the last kind of like 
10 years and more so in the last five years. So if you found someone who then kind of represents you and looks like mm -hmm. you when you haven't had that your whole life and you felt like you were wrong or broken or, yeah. you know, not good enough or whatever. And then someone comes along who like mirrors you and is like, yeah. no, you're not. And, and they change. And then they to change. that thing that, that is the ideal or whatever. see why whatever. that would be super triggering. Yeah, 100%. But at the, at the same time, like, that is a human. But it's they also, are not on this earth to be your poster girl of, oh my God, like take inspiration. But you, like, it's you, just because someone, you see someone that loves themselves online and now you now love yourself, they didn't do that for you. You did it for you. Yeah, exactly. So you, so you have don't to, have to look to them for everything. Look to yourself. Yeah, I can't agree with that more. I think it's, it's that as well, isn't it? It's like, why is this triggering me? And yeah. sitting with why it's triggering you mm -hmm. and then working on that thing. Mm -hmm. you know and, and a lot of it is not even our fault like it's ingrained yeah. into us from being a yeah. child but it's not true mm -hmm. like it's not true it's it's not so it's then about saying right am I going to continue to believe this mm -hmm. am I going to continue to to allow this to be the subconscious program that runs my life and how I show up and how I act or am I going to do something about it and yes someone representing you online can really fucking help but the work is going to have to be done by you. Mm -hmm. And that's that's it. It's like, exactly. I'm going to have to dig deep and I'm going to have to question and I'm going to have to pick apart all of this stuff and it's going to be hard. But then I think you will truly love yourself mm -hmm. if you go through all of that, warts and all, whatever happens. Because as well, like, someone made a point, um, I think someone made a point, it was uh, Fats Timbo on In mm -hmm. Bed With Clara. Um, and Fats has a form of dwarfism, but she was talking about, you know, there's no point saying, um, you know, I love my my body if you don't l love your body. As in, what her her thing that she used is what happens then when you get pregnant and your body yeah. completely changes. Absolutely. Or what happens if you have an accident, accident. and you're, uh, you know, you can't do what you used to do. Or what happens if, you know, any of those things Anything. happen. So it's it loving yourself isn't just about loving your appearance. It, yeah. it's, it's really about creating a relationship mm -hmm. with your body and yourself that's internal and respect for yourself yeah. and not yeah. just the validation of how your body presenting yeah makes other people react to you yeah damn that was a deep one Woo. That okay a lot of woos. whoa so <laughs> that's like a horse that one whoa uh, i'm really happy i talked Ooh. about that because i've never really spoke about that before because it's not really a topic that it's quite discussed. a deep topic, isn't it? It is, but I think it's very nuanced as well. Very, isn't it? and it's also hard because I think when you talk about stuff like that, you you want to be cautious of other people's feelings. Yeah, you don't want to offend people. You know, you don't want to upset people. Mm. But I think you know. Mm, but I just see it so much in my community, yeah. and it's like there's a lot of quite a few people I know now who've had like gastric sleeves and stuff like that, and who are influencers. And it's like, yeah, I guess it triggers a lot of people. Mm. And just, you know, for me. I'm just happy if, if other people if you're are happy. happy yeah, if you're, if you're yeah, happy, happy, I'm happy. Yeah. Your life ain't my life. Just because I used body. to watch you and you're now a size 10. Mm -hmm. If you're happy, great. Because you're more than your body. You're not just this outer shell. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I just think we should stop commenting on people's bodies altogether, to be honest. Yeah, just let them do their thing. It should be thing. about who you are. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Okay. This one, is, this one you can talk a lot about. Independence and traveling. Ta-da! You love to solo travel. I love solo travel. Solo travel is the most, I think it's the most powerful thing you can do. And I think everyone should take a solo trip in their life at least once. Because I think what we do, especially as women, it's not safe. 
sort of safe out there and, <laughs> yeah. and you know, we kind of talk ourselves out of it, mm -hmm. all the things that could go wrong, all the things that could be really scary about it. And then we don't do it. And it, it, it makes our world so much smaller. Yeah. Because we can't, we're saying what we can't travel without somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, again, you're going to have friends whose finances are different to yours. You're going to have friends whose, you know, they're what they do. So some people might be able to work remotely. Some people are going to be stuck in a certain place. So are you not going to travel to the places that you want to go to yeah. just because no one can come with you or you don't have a partner to do it? And I, when I was 32, I quit all of my work in London. So I was working for BBC Radio One Extra, BT Sport. I quit all my presenting jobs. Um, and because I had a little voice in my head that said, go traveling, that's exactly what I did. Um, and I went for 10 months to the Caribbean and South America. And uh, it, I just can't explain how incredible of an experience it yeah. was in, in what it did to me, mm. my confidence, my ability to be able to communicate with people from all over the yeah. world, different walks of life, to create friendships as well with people, yeah. to like kind of cultivate friendships and to just like say yes to things and to feel adventurous and to feel in control and to feel empowered and free. Like I can do this. I can decide I want to go somewhere in the world and I can go there mm. on my own and know it's going to be okay. I'm not going to lie. Like I, w I'm, I think I'd be scared. Like I'm one of them people. I've gone on like solo trips before. But I think for me, it's not the scared about being alone thing. It's the different cultures. Mm -hmm. And like me, I get overwhelmed. I'm like, could I navigate that? more like a doubt of myself like the language barrier the different culture being so far away from home like I go on a solo trip in Europe like that don't bother me but I think like there's many places that I'd love to go like Brazil for instance mm -hmm. I'd love to go to Brazil I went there. But I'm like fuck could I do that this feels so big and scary doesn't it when you're like by yourself it does feel big and scary and it did feel big and scary and I was you know I like I've spoken about before I have been like shy at different times in my life and I kind of have struggled to start conversations but again like you've spoken about it even on this episode about yeah. getting out of your comfort zone mm. and what you're going to do is the same as like you said when you sit on your own and suddenly your head's filled with all this stuff and you're like, oh, I need a distraction I need a distraction it's the same as like you're building up a lot of stuff in your head and you just go and do it. Mm -hmm. And when you're there, it works. Like you yeah. just make it work. And the, the thing is, and what I would say is my biggest piece of advice for solo travelers is to stay in hostels. Like that's, unless yeah. you want to go somewhere, stay on a resort and just chill out and maybe do a couple of like excursions or whatever. I would always advise people to stay in hostels. Like even if you just stay there for a couple of nights and then you go to like an Airbnb or a hotel, in that couple of nights, you'll meet enough people that you've got people to hang out with if you want to hang out with people. Yeah. Also, the people who work in hostels know everything about really? the area, like where to go, what to do, the best <sighs> restaurants, the nightlife. I can be nightlife. so stush though. Like I want to stay in somewhere now. I hear you. I've never I, stayed in a hostel in my I, life. Nor had I until I was 32. Really? I've never done it before. I never wanted to travel with a backpack. I, it never even crossed my mind yeah. until this little voice in my head was like, go traveling. And I was like, no, I don't want to <laughs> do that. With a big fat backpack? Yeah. Did you I go with a backpack? Oh my God, Yes. I had a backpack and a front pack because I had, I took, like I vlogged it. So I took a camera and everything with me and I had to carry all of that around. So I had, and it was, it was really heavy, my backpack as well. I had so many things in there. Um, and I, I went to, um, so I was in St. Vincent and then Trinidad. And then I went to Brazil, um, Argentina, Peru, Bolivia, Ecuador, Panama, wow. um, Colombia. And I did bus trips, like overnight bus trips yeah. on my own. And I, I think we look out at the world and especially at the moment, it's in such a mess and we just think, you know, that it's all negative, but there mm. are so many good, nice, 
people. And I yeah. do think that traveling on my own has shown me that. This year I went to Mexico and Costa Rica on my own because mm-hmm. um, I really wanted to go to Costa Rica. And you can choose places like Costa Rica where there's loads of, there's lots of nature to see. So there's lots of excursions and things to do. You plan your kind of route before you go. That makes you feel more comfortable. And I only had a certain amount of time there. So I had to really be strict with my route. I kind of knew what excursions I was going to do. Um, like booked places to stay. And there I didn't stay in hostels there. Mm. Um, and because there's so much to do. So like every day I had another trip to do. And then the last part of my holiday, I went to like a beach town and checked into like a really nice hotel and I was staying there. And um, I met some people from Atlanta. ADL, oh, yeah. baby. Fun at eight. So I, yeah, I ended up making friends with them. One of them has since been to visit me in London, Thomas, who oh, you yeah. met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I met them there and ended up going out with them. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, so, it's really about trips. Like yeah. I met, when I went to Florence last summer, with yeah. my, I went with my friend, but we went on a wine trip and we made so many friends. Like I feel like being on trips and as well, Americans are, <laughs> it's always the Americans They're and the Australians, so the Americans and the Australians Good old will always talk to you. Yeah, they love it. Always. And I think that's, you just have to be willing to put yourself out there. I do, I've, I told you that story before about when I was traveling and I went into the room to, I have, I'm sure I've told it in the podcast before and I just said to the Australian girls, I'm coming oh, yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like just stuff like that, you just throw yourself out there and it will Everyone's be okay. There for this, especially if you're in a hostel, everyone was there for the same reason yeah. they're all traveling yeah and you and the thing is when you come back your sense of independence mm-hmm. your sense of kind of like freedom because once you've done it once you know you can do it again yeah all of that it just it just changes honestly it changes your life i think like seeing different cultures and different countries and the beauty of life will give you a real lust for life yeah i think especially like living in the same country and just not really see much of the world you just get a bit like oh everything's the same everything's you just get used to what your life is mm-hmm. like not knowing that other people's lives are so different. different but if i'd been on that trip the 10 month trip that i did with a friend it would have been such a different experience yeah and i wouldn't have had there were times where i felt uncomfortable there were times where i was way pushed out of my comfort zone there were times where you know, there was two or three days and I didn't speak to anyone. And, you know, I'm like, am I ever going to make any more friends or whatever? But I just went out and did stuff and I got on with it. And, you know, I did the best I could. And I, I noticed with me, like, sometimes I'm really hard on myself. So I'll be like, oh, you know, am I doing enough? Have I done enough excursions? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. am I just not doing it? Because I'm scared like or, you know, and kind of like start psychoanalyzing myself. Um, but all of that was part of it. All of it was part of the journey. I did some incredible stuff. I did a 32 hour bus journey in Brazil. Wow. Um, and yeah, next to a toothless Brazilian man. That was nice. A toothless so, Brazilian man. But again, like I felt really safe. I never felt like threatened or unsafe. I don't speak Portuguese. I speak you, sorry, a tiny on. bit of Spanish and I, yeah, I had the best time. How do you feel? Because I think that's a worry for a lot of girls. I'm, I don't really feel, I'm not a person that feels unsafe, really. Like I think, <clears> probably because <throat> I'm a bit delusional. I'm probably because like, my, I just don't ever feel that sense of like being on, I do sometimes, but like I, with travel, I don't. Yeah. So how do you, how would you say to, to women, like to make them, what would you say to women to help them feel safe, like going solo traveling? Well, I think it's the same as what you do to feel safe here. Essentially, mm. I think my, what I learned, like, so on the trip that I was on, nothing like bad happened to me. I don't have any negative experiences or even times where I felt. Yeah. And, a little bit scared or anything. I'm really searching my brain and there wasn't any. However, my friends did get their passport and stuff stolen. But what happened is they got to, they got to the hostel. They had like all this, you know, like their bag with their important bits in. 
And rather than, and they were told, like, if you're in, um, it was in Buenos Aires in Argentina, um, like, they, they, they'll tell you what areas, just don't go there yeah. unless you're going on, like, a guided tour or you're doing whatever. Don't just walk into that area because you don't know where you are. Just the same yeah. as if you're in any other city. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what they did. They got off the bus at the wrong stop. Someone saw them and just stole their bag because it's money, isn't it? You know? Mm. Um, so Your wits I, about you. Yeah, but you can literally go... You get, you know, you get on a coach, you get on a bus. They normally, sometimes they just drop you off at your, the hostel you're staying in or mm. the hotel or whatever. Go there, speak to them. They will tell you like where to stay. I remember when I was in Buenos Aires, I was walking around the city on my own, but in the part of, you know, the part of the city that I knew I'd been told that I was okay to yeah, walk yeah. around in. So I think it's about that. I wouldn't stay out really super late mm -hmm. on my own, um, you know, uh, if, if, but I had made groups of friends and we went to different things yeah. like trips and clubs and whatever else. And I would use Ubers to get myself like home. Mm -hmm. I know there are unfortunately some horror stories about Ubers, but I do think at least there's some way of tracking the person because you've got a record on your phone. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I'm not going to go walking around the streets crazy late at night I'm not going to have loads of like bling shit on me and I just think it's the same kind of thing like if you feel uncomfortable speak to somebody but in all honesty when I was um traveling most of the crime that happened to people was phones getting stolen passports getting stolen bags getting stolen where they put them down at a bus station mm. and gone to get a drink or you know turned their back for a minute and someone swipped their whole yeah. bag just like not, keeping your wits about you in a city. Yeah, in England. not not violent crime. Yeah. You know, and obviously there's going to be or, or sexual sexually violent crime. There's obviously going to be cases of of that. But I think for the majority of people, and we're talking hundreds of thousands of people who go traveling every mm -hmm. year, you're fine. Yeah. And so I think it's really about kind of rationalizing that and maybe starting off with some small trips first, building up to a big trip. There are mm -hmm. some really good companies like Flashpack who do like um, group oh, nice. solo travel, so you can get together with a group of other people yeah. for a trip you could do like a month trip you could do three months four months five I'm months i'm sure there's another one my cousin went on yeah one there is where there's she went more. on like a group yeah. trip so there's all of those opportunities you, there's lots of different ways to do it love that um so yeah i think we have time for one more go career pressure in your 20s and the feeling of not knowing what you want to do in life <laughs> damn i'm in my 40s and i still don't think i'm 100 percent sure Really? I really don't. Um, and I know my dad said, like, well, he didn't know what he wanted to do until he was in his 40s either, really. Like, mm -hmm. he's like, maybe I had an inkling of knowing, but yeah. I didn't have the, you know, the balls to really go for it. There's just such a pressure to have everything figured out and no have one it all your so. life together. And especially, like, there is, though, there's, like, this pressure to, like, have it all figured out before 30. And it's like, bro, in your 20s, you don't know what's going on. These are your years to try things, fuck up, try something again, fuck up. Do you know what I mean? Like there, there doesn't there doesn't have to be a time frame on when to get things all together. No, but also long gone are the days where someone has, you know, a career, unless you're a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, that you get into when you're, you know, early 20s yeah. and you stay in for the rest of your life yeah. and there's you can't move or change because that's the only thing you mm. can do. Like that's not it. You we we grow, we change, we want different things. Yeah. Maybe we feel and start to feel more aligned with our purpose or realize what it is and we want to do something aligned with that. So we're going to keep changing. And the, the biggest, I think, misconception is that people have their shit together. No one's got their fucking shit no. together. It's a load of tosh. They <laughs> might, a load of tosh. You might have your shit together and feel like, yeah, I'm really, I've really got this, yeah, I've really got it all sorted out. My life's yeah. going really great. And then some people just go, Life is full like, oh. of surprises. And it's okay to start again. It's okay to fail. I'm and kind start of doing again. that again now. Yeah. My BBC job is coming to an end. And yes, I've got like a 
like reasonable following on socials and I get some brand stuff, but it's not my full-time job. It never mm. has been. And I've never treated it as such. Yeah. And now I'm looking at it. I feel, it feels like a massive mountain of like paperwork. That's mm. what it feels like, even though there's no paperwork involved and I don't know where to start. And I feel yeah. so overwhelmed and confused by it all. I'm just like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know how to do it. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So that's currently how I feel. But I know that I'll get through it because I felt like that before about other stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, do, I don't think it ends in your... I'm sorry to break it to you, but I don't think it ends in your 20s. And who knows? Like, obviously, I've been doing content creation as a full-time job. I'm 27. Mm -hmm. In 10 years, God knows what I'll be doing. I might not be doing this. Mm -hmm. I might, and that's a scary thought, but at the same time, it's okay. Yeah. Because that is life. And we're meant to evolve and change with the, go with the flow and mm -hmm. this, that and the other. Yeah. And I've been thinking yeah. recently about going back to uni. That's so um, good. And I think, you know, again, it's just like, the only thing that's stopping me is the, like, it's so fucking expensive. Expensive, yeah. It's so expensive. Um, so that's the only thing that's kind of like, standing in my way at the moment. But I think it's, it, you know, I never wanted to do that when I was younger. I mm -hmm. was, I would, I wouldn't have known what to choose or what to do or, you know, even in my 20s, yeah. I was just kind of, I went with the flow. I went with what was put in front of me, which was presenting. I know that sounds weird and it took a weird series of circumstances yeah. for that to be the case, but it was the case. And I was like, well, if this is here, I'll right. just do this then. Yeah. Um, and I love it. Mm -hmm. And it's really helped me overcome like shyness and stuff. And I, I think that's part of what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. But I don't think it's all of it. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, what I will say um, is I think that in this scenario, and it's about giving yourself grace. Mm. And that is something that I've had to do. Because I'm like going to myself, what's the answer? Like, you need to know now. What is the answer? Because, yeah, you're talking about being in your 20s and there's this pressure, you know, to get everything done by the time you're 30. I'm 40. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not in the financial situation that I want to be. I don't have, you know, everything set up in the way that I want it set up. So mm -hmm. I'm like, you need the answers now because if you don't have the answers, you can't do this and that. I don't have them. It's the uncomfortability of not knowing that. And that's the anxiety, isn't it? Like the feeling of like, I actually don't know. It's, and that's what's, it makes you feel oh. like you're, like you have no control. That's the thing. People want to feel in control of their life. And it's hard to just surrender to that answers. when you have bills, mm -hmm. responsibilities, mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z. I think it's, for me, it's really frustrating. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm a doer. Like I, I can do it. Yeah. How can I do it if I don't know what don't it is? I don't know what it is. Yeah. And I'm like, how do I not know what it is? And so that's been going. And so I was like, no. I, it has to be grace. If I don't have the answer, I don't have the answer. Mm. I can't do what I don't know how mm -hmm. to do or what that is. So I just think, you know, you really, really, really have to understand that I, I think we're taught that life is about us getting a job, getting a mortgage, having a family, doing this, doing that, all by a certain age. And then, yes. Life is complete, life. <laughs> but actually, I, I really don't think that is the purpose of our lives. I yeah. think we come here to learn and grow, and it's all of these bumps in the road. It's the, it's the journey, and, and people say it's all the time, whether it's athletes or successful business people, it's always the journey, the ups and downs, not never the destination. Yeah. So once they get to the destination, they're like, oh. Exactly. You know. You feel um, like, what the hell do I do now? Yeah. Like you feel unfulfilled. It's the experience. Like, I... Yeah, okay, I haven't ticked any of the, well, not any of them. I haven't ticked all of the tick boxes, you know, for someone my age, according to what society says I should have done. Yeah, who the fuck says what you should and shouldn't? Exactly. It should look like. But 
I, I feel like I feel really accomplished and I feel, you know, even though I'm in a bit of a sticky spot at the moment, I've mm. been in a sticky spot before. I know it's going to be okay. I'll know I'll work it out. So I'm not, you know, I'm learning to give myself grace. And the hardest thing I'm having to learn is patience because yeah. I'm so impatient. I'm, I'm like, getting, yeah. I'm the same and I'm getting better as I get older. But I think like, ultimately, it's about what you want your life to look like. Not about what society tells you your life has to look like or what the majority of people's no. lives look like. No. Because you might have the life that everyone else has or what society wants you to have and you'd be unhappy. Be so you have to do what, what you want. And don't compare yourself to other people because your timing is not everybody mm -hmm. else's timing. And it's so important to remember that. And trust me, when things happen, you're like, oh, that's why yeah. I had to wait. Yeah. You know, and I, I feel like even now, I would, if I hadn't have been through the things that I've been through, I wouldn't be capable of having the conversations that I'm having with you. Yeah. I wouldn't be capable of, you know, coaching and helping women become more confident in themselves and creating a better relationship with themselves. I wouldn't be capable of, you know, creating content and being confident enough to kind of come from the perspective that I'm in. And I wouldn't be able to be so confident being single and, you know, whatever at my age and having a fucking happy life and going out there and doing stuff had I not have experienced all of these things, that makes me feel good. Yeah. You know? And if someone says, what did you do in your life? I, I mean, I have got a list as long as my arm, you know? I haven't, so I think that it's really not about comparing yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. It's really about enjoying the journey and the experience. And yeah, I think the pressure is there because you're allowing it to be there. Yeah. It's, it's an imagined I think pressure. as well, not everyone is like... Not everyone is like spiritual or stuff like that, but I just think if you if you are a person that believes that life will unfold exactly how it's meant to unfold for you, that can bring a sense of ease. But I know not everyone thinks like that. Yeah, but but I don't know. Maybe it's because you call it spirituality, but I think I I just think that the only way that I've ever found to look at life. And this world that we live on, there is there is so much positivity, but there is so much negativity. Mm -hmm. And I and you know, I, I feel like it would be hard for one to exist without the other because yeah. how would you know what one is without the other? But that is why I can only only assume that we have those experiences because then it's an opportunity for us to grow and learn. Like that's it. No matter how basic that sounds, you know, how triggering that might be for some people. What is the other option? What else can you do with mm -hmm. a shit scenario when mm -hmm. a horrible thing happens to you? What else can you do mm -hmm. other than learn and grow from it and find mm -hmm. a way to make you it, allow it to make you a better person? That's it. That's all I got. I don't know otherwise. Yeah. Otherwise, it's all purposeless, and I don't. That doesn't make sense to me. So, that's the way I choose to look at it. Yeah. Woo! Yay! Girl talk. Girly talks. Yeah. That was a good little girl talk. I that, that was real good. Yeah. Do you have um, anything for me, darling? Got, do you know what it is? What? Gonna do the, are you going to do the thing? My what? Sassy secrets. No, that's not how I do it. I've, I've been on. doing it differently for the past few episodes. But what I used to do was the sassy secrets. Didn't you used to sing it? No, I didn't. I did the sa 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 You did Saucy secrets. No, wait. Yeah, no, no. How so? Wait. Yeah. Stop. This is our new one. Yeah. Are you ready? Okay, go. So I go. Saucy secrets. Saucy secrets. Shh. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I fucking love that. 
We asked people um, about their wildest holiday sex stories. Damn. Well, damn, your craziest um Tell us sex what was it? it was. Tell us your craziest holiday, holiday sex, sex story. story. Do you want to go first? Uh, have you have you got any? <laughs> you know I've got one. Oh, you oh you want to ask my own one? I want to know your craziest oh, holiday sex story. Oh, my craziest holiday sex story. Oh my god! Because you'd be having a lot of holiday sex. Well, yeah, I do, but it's it's not really crazy. I need to think. There must be one that's a bit crazy. Um, nope. You might have to. I, I don't know. I think mine are all like okay. I've got one for you. Pretty not that crazy. Here she goes. Oh, I've never told this story before. Woo! I've never told the story before. I must have been. I was fresh out of uni. Way! Fresh out of uni. So I was like, tw- I think I just turned 21. Mm. Um, went on holiday with my two best friends. So we took what we did right when our last in- student loan student loan installment dropped. Mm-hmm. We the-, the day the student loan dropped, we went to Tui on the high street and we took that £1,500 of our student loan and we bought a holiday for when we graduated. Well, that's a big holiday. I know. It, it was, we went to Jamaica for like 10 all days. All-inclusive? Yes. Yes, you Jamaica, did. Jamaica, Montego Bay, all-inclusive 10 days. Right? So, we, t- yeah. <laughs> Looking back, like all that was like inclusive. my first, that was like my first like bit, like yeah. holiday, girls holiday and that was very expensive. But was it 1500 I can't remember. No, there was fine. three of us and we're all in one room. Anyway, it was expensive when yeah. we took our student loan and bought it. So, and then we flew out. So we graduated on the, I think it must have been like a Thursday. Yeah. Flew out on the Monday. Yeah. So, um, went to Jamaica. Great time. First time, I think my first time in the Caribbean. I loved it. My friend who I went with had been like a few times before. She said so she knew like the cracks. I think she'd even stayed in this hotel before. Mm. So we like went there. Jamaica's like the most beautiful place I've ever been in my life. So beautiful. Anyway, so then I'm in Jamaica. And we like got friendly like with all the entertainment team and the bar staff. Like, so it was like swim up bar. This is a proper party hotel. No kids allowed. We met all these Americans. They were so nice. When, um, got friendly with like the bar staff, the entertainment team, X, Y, and Z. And the entertainment team would like come in the pool in the day and we we're all chilling together. Anyway, so I started chatting to this one guy and... We were on the entertainment team. And then one day, and my friend was chatting to like the other, this other boy who was on the same team. Anyway, one day, um, it was raining. There was like a thunderstorm. And he, this, this guy had got my number and he texted me and he was like, meet me down, meet me in this area. And me and my friend both went because my friend was going to meet his other friend. friend. So it was them two and me, us two. Yeah. So we go and meet them by the side of the gym. And it was like pissing down, like no one was around. Yeah. And obviously they couldn't have been seen with us. Like they would have got caught and they would have got in trouble. Anyway, they take us in the back. In the back of the gym? In the back. No, like in the back. Yeah, like near the gym, but behind like the stage yeah. area. They take us in the back area. My friend goes into the pool noodle closet. Oh! <laughs> I go into the disabled toilet. Oh, classy. Oh my God, this is such a funny story. Me and my friends still piss ourselves about it today. Uh, he takes me to the disabled toilet. Gets in the toilet, shuts, locks the door. I'm nervous as fuck now because I'm thinking, what the hell's going to happen? He looks me dead in the eyes yeah. and goes, I'm even going to do his accent because I need to do it for dramatic effect. Looks me dead in the eyes and goes, turn around, let me give you a back shot. <laughs> and you, did you oblige? I turn around and let him give me back shots because <laughs> what else was I supposed to do? What else was I supposed to do? You asked me politely. <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah, that was, that was, that was wild. Turn around, let me give you back shots. Yeah. 
romantic as always. I feel like I don't know if I've had any like um encounters where there wasn't like any kind of preamble, you know? Yeah, that was very wild. Like we yeah. we hadn't even kissed. No. And you're telling me to turn around, like, let me give you back shots. Yeah, I don't know if I've had that. I mean, I've had like a few holiday flings. I mean, more recently, I've had quite a few. And they, some of them have been really great, but they weren't like dramatic. It's like I met someone, like hung out with them for a bit, or I knew them through friends. If it's a place that I've gone where I've got friends. Mm. And then like, thing, you know, things have happened. Mm. Those kind of things. Um, naughty. But I don't, I don't think, I'm just trying to think if there's one where I was like, I don't even know who that person was, you know, like yeah. that kind of thing. And I don't, I'm like racking my brain and I'm not sure if there was or if there has been. But, you know, I'm quite old. So. I also, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you a secret right now. Mm. I probably shouldn't say it. I had sex at DLT Malta this year. Did you? I did. Bam! <laughs> she got in Which I was I'm, like, no, hold I was, on a second. Who didn't have sex at yeah, DLT Malta like, this year? I went there thinking I'm not doing nothing. And then this, started chatting to this boy on, this, on the first night. I was just like, whatever, whatever. But he was a friend of a friend. Like my friend knew him and like went to college with him. So he was like, you know, he'd have been like pre-vetted. So I was like, okay. He was chatting to me on that and I was not, I was not on chatting to no one I was like whatever and he saw me the next night came up to me again and was like get, and he kept coming going away and coming back and I was thinking he's kind of cute actually and then yeah then bam yeah yeah so I, I mean stuff like that I've done but no I don't have like a, I don't think I've got a disabled toilet story <laughs> exactly that or, one is funny that one's funny as fuck or a noodle even like, my friends now to now to this day we still say that line yeah, I can't, I don't think I have one of those. Anyway, so no, so give me yours. But we've got, we've got some great ones from people. <clears throat> okay. Um, in the middle, uh, I was in the middle of the deed and the Airbnb owners came in because they forgot something. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> no, Imagine that's that. bad. Say like that. You shouldn't be doing that though. <laughs> like, I'd, wait, to be honest, like how, had you just got in the house and started fucking straight away? Because how have they like, because if it's gone past a few hours of when you've checked in, they shouldn't be coming in the house or should they should be at least letting you know. Also, maybe, you know, there's a lot of Airbnbs they put cameras in. Maybe they saw what saw you were doing. Saw it and thought, oh, I want a bit of that. I could join in here. Exactly. I know. Meow. Yeah, I, I would be really pissed off if that happened to me. I'd be fuming. They didn't even, what, they didn't knock, ring knock. the doorbell, they just walked in. Oh, sorry. But then what are they going to say? It's my house. No, but they're just, you know, when it's just like, oh, sorry. Um, no, you... <laughs> Oh, sorry. Um, didn't mean to walk in on you two fucking. Sorry, I had no idea. I didn't have a secret Mind camera. Mind if I join in? I um, wasn't outside with the cup to the door. <laughs> listening. Yeah, that would really, I'd be really pissed off. Now, will you get it? the fuck out? Yeah. I've paid God money to stay here. Get out. I don't need an audience. Isn't it? Out you go. That's bad, that. Yeah, and then it would make me feel really creeped out for the rest of the trip. I would yeah. then search the whole entire Airbnb with a fine tooth comb. <laughs> See if I could find a camera and then they'd be done. They'd be done out here. Or I'd ask for a refund. I'd be like, you've seen my vagina now. You've seen my vulva. Uh, you know, or basically, you've seen me have sex. Pay me. I'd contact Airbnb. You've got to get in touch with the, with the big dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, someone said, mum and her boyfriend wanted an early night and I was bored and fucked the Cypriot lifeguard in my room. <laughs> oh, I love them stories. Have you ever been on holiday like, with your family and then you meet like someone on holiday that you think, yeah, I would, but I'm with my family? Because uh, I have. No, I haven't been on my, I haven't been on holiday with my family for years. Mm. So I think I did when I was younger, but I was too young to have sex. I, I, oh, I remember I did get fingered by someone on the beach <laughs> in Dominican Republic when wow. I was 14. And then my, um, my dad came looking for me and he was like, Clara! And I was like, <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. Me. What? And he was like, nothing. I just wanted to see if you're okay. Oh my God. I mean, I don't think he saw, you know, exactly what was happening. Oh, Jesus. And it wasn't a pleasant experience. It was sandy and stuff. Oh no. Sex on a beach is actually not fun. Yeah, it's not. Sex on a beach ain't fun because who wants all that sand in their knickers? In their panties. No, it's not good at all. Ew, gross. It's not good at all. Um, right, okay, this one's a good one. <clears throat> this is a good story. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. My crazy holiday experience was when I was 17. I went on holiday to Centre Parks with my family, <laughs> mum, dad, and brother. We were there, and I think on the second day, we went to the bar and sat outside as it was warm in September. There were these two guys around 19 with their families sitting outside. We all get chatting, as you do, and they decided to bring out the shots for me and my family. My parents and my bro didn't do theirs, but I didn't want to be rude, so I necked down all four in quick succession. <laughs> How, How every she? Um, she was 17. <laughs> How every great story starts. Yeah. Both the boys gave me their Facebooks, and I was messaging both of them. The following day, I met them at the bar on my own. Ooh. They brought me drinks, and it was obvious they wanted something. Oh, no. I stayed out until around 11 with them, and they said they'd walk me back to the lodge where me and my family were staying. I didn't get dropped off, though. Dun, dun, dun. They had me one by one against the wall. Piss off. And I knew I had to be quiet not to wake anyone up. My parents still don't know this ever happened. Wait, outside or inside? Outside. Outside the lodge. Yes. They had her one by one. Against the wall. Taking turns. <laughs> no, one went and then the other one went. What was the other doing whilst the other was shagging? Probably watching. Oh, that's naughty. Yeah. Well, At Centre Parks. I hope it was in summer. Emma's like, where was it? Which one was, was it? it? Longleaf Forest? Oh, I mean, well, well I don't Get know. Get me there, girl. Sign me up. <laughs> no, that's very mad. That's mad. Um, but also, you know, she enjoyed it, so I why not? I love that for her. I love that for Centre her as well, Parks. you know. I've never been to Centre Parks, you know. But at 17 as well. That's a That's brave, an experience. A brave uh, choice to make. Right, we've got some more. <clears throat> Ready for this one? 2019, Turkey. <laughs> I love that. Paint the picture. 2019, Turkey. <laughs> Didn't speak a word of English, but had a great sized cock. Sand all in my vagina. Had to have antibiotics <laughs> for an infection from the sand when I got back. <laughs> was it worth it? <laughs> oh my. Well, she sounds like it was worth it. Great sized great cock. Great sized cock. And I think why not? This class. Can I just say, oh, I don't know where, I don't know what country my friend was in. Um, but she got a happy ending from a massage. The guy did ask her because apparently he was like, when he was massaging her thighs, mm. I think she, things were getting a little bit, you know, wow, blowy. Yeah. Um, and he said to her, do you want me to like finish you how off? How do they, oh, did they say finish you off? Oh, I don't know. I was going to say, I, how do they ask? I, sorry, I didn't know exactly what words he said, but she said, yeah, she opted well, for it. This is the thing. I would love an, a sexual massage. Maybe yeah. by my partner. No, I want someone that knows how to do it right. Like, I would actually really like an intimate massage. I don't know right. if I'd have it from a stranger. Mm. But like, so do you ever see like um, on TikTok and Instagram, like, you ever see the guys like giving the women oh, yeah. massage and it's so sexual. And I've, you're thinking, how are they not fucking? I'd have one of them are. massages. Guy, I'd have one of them massages. There's a guy who messages me on, um, was messaging me on Instagram to say he'd give me a free one of those. Is he one of them? Yeah. Give me his Instagram. <laughs> Give me his Instagram. <laughs> Tell him to get in I, touch. I I'd have like, one. I it looks like so it. nice. Yeah, but I wouldn't like it because I... I it I helps be, if they're fit, doesn't it? Yeah, it'd be you know too... I mean? But also, it might be too much personal for me. That's what I mean. I don't think I'd... 
no, I wouldn't like it from someone who's not fit. But I feel like people that do that are fit. You can't do that and not be fit. Yeah. But it is a bit weird, isn't it? But then when it's just, I wouldn't want the camera to be there. But if it's just you and them, mm. and maybe it isn't sex, maybe it isn't sexual. Maybe they don't touch anything intimately. But well, you the, guys it looks be really turned you know on. By I don't give a fuck. It looks good. I want it. Ooh, uh, was shagging on the balcony, and the next minute, the hotel security was knocking on the door. Oh, piss off! Doc, 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 doc. Have you shagged on a balcony before? Hello. <laughs> Hello? Stop shagging on our balcony. <laughs> this is a family-run hotel. People can see you. We can hear you. Oh my Put God. your dick away. I saw... Did you, you see people having sex? No, I've seen this video on Twitter that was going around that he's like this porn star guy getting sucked off on a balcony. And it's from the woman who's like above's point of view. She's recording him and she's going, I've got kids. Go inside. And he's going, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, wow. Wow. He's getting Wait. sucked off on a balcony. Getting sucked off and on the balcony. He, you can see him recording because like, he's like a porn star. Yeah. Like, in, like only, only fans, fans whatever the fuck on their fans um have you ever had sex on a balcony um how, i don't think i have everyone that comes to my house because i have a balcony at my house yeah. they go have you fucked on the balcony i said I no don't think I, I, I feel like, like because the tram the tram and the train runs right outside my house my it doesn't make me feel good the idea of being caught or other people no not sex, into i'm not into it which i know for some people they like but not for me it. I do not like that. So it, that's not going to be my thing. There's this other story that I wanted to read you that was a really good story that someone <laughs> sent us. And I feel like I have to find it and I have to read it to you because I know you're going like that. Yeah, um, baby. Okay, <clears throat> here it goes. This okay. is She's put Saucy Secret. Damn. The title is Saucy Secret. Saucy Secret. I met an Italian guy on Tinder that used to be in and out of my country. So we'd hook up for dinner and sex. I love this voice you're putting on, by the way. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? That's that's BBC voice right there. Yeah. This carried on for a few months. And then one day he told me about his favorite blankie. Okay. I got nervous about where this was headed. My suspicions were correct. <laughs> he gave me a bit of info to test me. Next was the fact that he sucked a pacifier to relax. Oh, okay. Okay. Then he liked drinking milk from a baby bottle. And of course, it went all the way to white diaper wearing. I continued seeing him for a while because I was so curious to see where it, <laughs> where it all went. Fair enough. But then one day he said he'd like to shit the diaper and have me clean it up. <laughs> I'm speechless. She says, that was the end. Plot twist, his mother had a pacifier too and sucks it with him. Oh my god! I'm traumatized. Oh my god! I'm sorry, but if somebody said to me about their blankie, I'd be like, "No, no." The thing, my brother had a blankie until he was like 15. That he used in sex. No, 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 no. I mean, but like, that's what he's, he's saying. He had a blankie that he used in sex. Well, oh, I thought you meant he just had a blankie. No, but he's starting to. Okay, he was telling her he had a blankie. Then that he liked to suck a pacifier. But it was like a sexual thing. Uh. I thought you meant that he like just sucked on a dummy to relax. No, he does do that. And then he drinks milk from a baby bottle and, and he wears a nappy. That's too far. And I'm he wanted sorry. to shit the nappy and have her change it. I don't know. Like I'm stuck between not wanting to kink shame people, but at the same time, it's not for me, darling. Like I'd, I won't even change my actual niece and nephew's shitty nappies. You know, there's no way I'm changing a 30 year old man's shitty nappy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know the kink shaming thing. Is is wrong. Um, <laughs> it is. No, it is because what it's know, wrong. 
But what I think is go find other people who have the same kinks as you. Yeah, that would be my yeah, thing. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. if you've started sleeping with yeah, somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. when you when you know that actually probably that's not gonna be enough, there's something <sighs> yeah, there down no, the line. I fully get it. So I think if you have a like if you have a certain kink, rather than try and mm-hmm. you know Either be honest with someone right from the start, and if they're into it, they're exactly. into it. Or B, go to a you know site or whatever yeah. it is and find someone else who's into your um into the same, same thing kinks. as you. I saw there was a girl who does like OnlyFans and stuff, and she was talking about um one of the clients that she has who likes like uh, he like fart play or something. Yeah. She was calling it. So she'd been like farting down the phone to him or whatever, and she she was talking about this story. He, she posted up the video. He commented in the comments because obviously he's, you know, he's confident with what his kink is. And then a woman who also likes the same thing commented. And now the two is of them. Bam, bam. So, oh, I love that. So I feel like, you know, whatever your kink is, there's going to be someone That's else out there who's into it. Find them. Exactly. Like, don't. He was like, he was dropping hints to try and make her get it. And it's like, just come out. Just be like, I like to this dress up as a baby. And that's my thing. Is that something that you could possibly maybe want to be into with me? Do you want to try it? Instead of just dropping it in. Yeah, then, you're, you're fully right. Because so we're not shaming you because you like to be a baby. We're shaming you for... Just not being honest from the start, <laughs> yeah. I think. And that's that's the thing. You just, you've got to find someone who's into what you're into. And even when I was like 23 and I was dating this guy who was 43, which probably is a bit weird now when I think about it, but he told me about like that he liked to give golden showers, okay. like piss on people and in their hair and like face. He was Everywhere. like, it would just be in your mouth and your face. And I was like, no. Oh, he was trying to convince you to do it. No, he wasn't trying to convince me. He was telling me that's what he liked and he wanted me to do it. Okay. Yeah. But I was just like, I'm sorry, that's not going to be, I, I wouldn't. I'm not saying that it's not for other that people. That makes me feel a bit icky, especially yeah, knowing you were 23. I know that it doesn't now, but at like, the time it was you like don't a power play yeah, thing. But but again, I was just like, no, that's not a yeah. turn on for me at all, and I don't want to do it. But he did kind of tell me quite near to the start, so that yeah. I knew what it was, and then I get to choose whether or not I want to be part of that. I don't think I've encountered anyone with like uh, real specific kinks. Mm. I don't think I have. Like ones that are like out of, I guess, societal norms. Yeah. Um, but there you go. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Because, like, feet is, like, really normal now. Feet's really normal. I get my toes sucked all the time. Me too. Put it in my <laughs> mouth. My motherfucking mouth. Love it. Is that, right. the, is that the end? That's the end. Is that the end, darling? That's it, yeah? Wow. Right, lovely. It's been a great episode. That one has been good. I do like the little girl talks. They're good. Yeah. If you guys want us to do more of them, let us know. We love your feedback. We do. Please make sure that you give us a review, that you like the podcast, that you comment on YouTube, <laughs> that you like on YouTube. Just yeah. support us in all the ways that you can. It's absolutely free to do so. And it really does mean the world it really to does. us. Because that's how we're going to grow this podcast. And that's how we get to keep doing it. Yeah. Basically. So support the ting. Yes. Wrap. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Love you all. Kisses. <laughs>